Hey everyone, welcome to the Tuya Christian Fellowship Podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to give online, see upcoming events, or view our service times, please visit our website at tcf.church. We, of course, are in the Christmas season, and I'm going to read you uh, a portion of that story this morning. And one of the things that's just stirring in my heart this morning that I wanted to pass along to you, everyone in here knows the Christmas story. And uh, one of the dangers of that is familiarity. One of the dangers is, is you've been doing it your whole life. You've known this story for your whole life. And there can really be a sense of familiarity. There can also be a sense of fatigue. Uh, there can even be a sense of being cynical. Okay, and I would really like to just encourage you this morning to just open your heart to the things of God, not just this morning, but this entire month. I know that you know life is fragile. All right, today's a gift from God. Uh, This service this morning is a gift from God, and life can change from one heartbeat to the next. With a snap of a finger, uh, your life can change and never be the same again. And so I just want to encourage you as brothers and sisters in Christ, don't miss Christmas. Don't miss the season of Christmas. Allow yourself to be ministered to. Allow yourself to let the love of God in. Love your family. Love your friends. Uh, Recognize uh, that good things are going on. Don't be afraid to say Merry Christmas. Uh, When you pass the red kettle that belongs to the uh, Salvation Army, uh, take a minute and put some money in there. And uh, that money is used locally to help families. And so just just let God loose this, this, this month. Amen? Now, of course, the Christmas story, we know it's the story of a miracle. It's the miracle of the birth of Jesus. But it begins with the miracle of the birth of John the Baptist. John the Baptist's birth was a miracle. Jesus' birth was a miracle. God sent John the Baptist as an Old Testament prophet to open the way for Jesus. He was sent as a prophet And one of the interesting things about his life and his story is the Bible says in the New Testament that there's not anybody in the Bible, the Old Testament particularly, there's not anybody in the Old Testament that was a greater prophet than John the Baptist. Now, just think about that for a minute, okay? Now, that's Moses, that's Daniel, that's Zechariah. I mean, you just go through the Bible and you think about all the stories in the Old Testament that you've heard and you know, all the prophets that you're familiar with. The Bible says in the New Testament that John was greater than all of them, all of them. It doesn't matter who it is. The next thing it says is the least of those in the kingdom of Christ are greater than John. Wow. Now, swallow that this morning. Take that in this morning. That says that if you, it doesn't, it doesn't matter where you feel like you belong in the body of Christ. 
Okay, the Bible says in Psalms that I would rather serve in the house of God. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to serve in the world. So I, I don't know if you if you feel like this morning, hey, I'm really not. I really don't matter. I'm really not important in the scheme of things. No, I'm, not, I'm you know God's not that much interested in me, and, and I'm pretty low on the pole. If you think that, first off, it's not true. Okay. But if you think that this morning, the Bible says that the least of those in the kingdom are greater than John the Baptist. Now, it's not about being important or being unimportant, but it's about recognizing what God has done in your life through the Lord Jesus Christ. And you matter. All right, let me say it again. You matter. Okay, the Bible says God knows the numbers of hair on your head. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're dealing with. And you matter. I want to read to you this morning out of Luke chapter 1, and I'm going to start with verse 1, and we're going to read the story of the birth of John the Baptist, and then we're going to read the story of the announcement of the birth of Jesus Christ. And I want the story just to tell itself, okay? All right, and I have a few things that I want to show you that uh, have ministered to me. Listen to what it says. Luke 1 verse 1. Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us. It seems good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus. Now it's interesting, the word Theophilus in the original language means friend of God. Now, this could have been an actual person, but it can also be directed towards the body of Christ. So, in essence, it's written to the friend of God, and I would bet every one of you would consider yourself the friend of God. So, this is written to us. Amen? All right, let me, let me continue to read. That you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. But they had no children. Because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years, so it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of the division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Now, let me stop right there. They've wanted children. They've gotten older as a couple, and they've been unable to get pregnant. They live in a time where there's very little, if any, medical help. Okay, today there's medical help for so many different things. Okay, I have two plastic lenses in my eyes because the lenses in my eyes were cloudy from cataracts and they took them out and I have plastic ones in there and I can see through those plastic lenses. Okay, I have an artificial heart valve beating in my heart this morning and if you sit down next to me in a quiet room and get still, you can hear it. Yeah, amen, brother. Amen. There's more than one in here. Amen. Yes. And so, th thank God for medical technology. They didn't have any. And so, they don't have a child, and it seems like they've gotten too old to have a child. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. Now, anytime anybody in the older New Testament sees an angel, one of their first reactions is fear. 
And all that tells me is, is they must look formidable. They must look powerful, okay? They don't look like that little fat cherub on Valentine cards with the little short wings, okay, right? They must look like warriors. They must look powerful because later on, uh, Mary sees the same angel and she's afraid, so anytime they would see an angel, they would be afraid. Imagine this morning if an angel appeared standing up here on the platform next to me and I'm preaching. Okay, the first thing we would all, the first thing I would do is shut up. Okay, right? Then we'd all wonder what he was doing here and, and we might be a little discomforted and afraid. And I would bet one of the first things he would say to us is, it's okay, don't be afraid. That's what happens right here. Let me keep reading. He was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard. Stop right there. Listen to me. Your prayers are being heard. Now, just please, for a moment, go back with me in their story. They've wanted children. They have not been able to have children. They've been praying they would have children. But time has gone by, and it seemed like that prayer went unheard. It seemed like that prayer wasn't answered. I bet everybody in this room has at least one prayer that fits into that category. You've been praying for something, maybe weeks, maybe months, maybe years, and you feel like it hasn't happened. It hasn't gone the way you thought it would go. And you can feel like, and the enemy certainly wants you to feel like, that your prayer wasn't heard. I love what Gabriel tells him. Your prayers have been heard. See, when we don't get answers to prayer sometimes, the first thing we think is this, I wasn't heard. Listen, can I encourage you? Your prayers are being heard. Whatever it is you're praying for, whatever it is you're waiting for, whatever it is you're trusting God for this morning, please, please, please don't give up. Please don't give up. Continue to pray. Continue to trust God. Continue to trust the heart of your Father. It doesn't matter what the time frame has been. Are you with me? Okay, he says your prayer. I love that. Your prayers have been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will call his name John. You're going to have a baby. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. I love this. He says you're going to have joy and gladness. Doesn't it feel good when answered prayer comes? Now, they're going to have joy and gladness because they're going to have a baby. And whenever you have a child, you have joy and gladness for about two minutes. Right? That new car smell wears off pretty quick, and... And, and yeah, and the rest is history, amen? So they're gonna have joy and gladness because they're gonna have a child, but I believe they're gonna have joy and gladness because they're getting answers to prayer. All right, again, can I encourage you, don't give up on your prayers, don't give up on what you're trusting God for in your family and in your life, because listen, the Bible says that joy comes in the morning. He says, hey, joy and gladness is gonna come. Now, let me continue to read. Now he starts, the angel starts talking about John. He says he'll be great in the sight of the Lord. He won't drink wine or strong drink. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in, in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the father to the children, the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, 
what is he doing? Well, he's prophesying about who John the Baptist is going to be. You know, we're a prophetic people, amen? Yeah, you and I have a future. John the Baptist had a future. And the angel is prophesying about what he's going to do and what his future is going to be. All right, let's keep reading. Then Zechariah says to the angel, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. The words give no inflection of attitude. When you read the Word of God, there, there's no knowing of what the attitude. You, you know that's true when you send a text, right? You know that, right? You can send a text, and people will be offended, and they'll take it wrong, and they'll read something into it you didn't intend, and they'll read a negative attitude in a text that you meant nothing by at all. Y'all, have you all experienced that? <clears throat> okay, that's going on right here. See, the Scripture doesn't say anything yet. It just says he asked, how's this going to happen? And the angel answered and said to him, I'm Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and I was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words. Listen to it again. Because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their own time. Now can I connect the dots here? The very first thing we're encouraged to do in this story is not give up. Don't stop praying. Don't stop trusting God, even when you want to. Then Gabriel appears. Who's You know, there's only a couple of angels mentioned in the Bible by name, and one of them is Gabriel. So they don't send a foot soldier. They send a general. They send one of the top angels in the kingdom of heaven. He says, I stand in the presence of God. Angel means sent one. So he says, I'm, I'm the one that stands in the presence of God, and I came to tell you you're going to have a baby, but you don't believe. Can I just tell you something? You can't pray about a situation and then talk bad about it. You see, you can't pray that God will touch your boss and move on your boss and then spend all week talking bad about him. Well, you know, that boss of mine, he's this and he's that, and I can't believe this and I can't believe that because that's exactly what Zechariah did, and we can do the very same thing. We have the same tendency. He didn't believe. Now, now I'm guilty of this, all right? I'm putting myself right in the pot with Zechariah. I'm not going to stand up here and preach to you that I haven't done the same thing that he's done. He prayed. They were trusting God for a miracle. It shows up, and they don't believe it. You ever done that? Hey, God, I need you to do this. And he shows up to do it. And you're like, whoa. I, why? And you know, we don't even mean to. Wow, that's hard to believe. Right? That's hard to believe. So what does he do? He shuts his mouth. He makes him mute where he can't talk. And he can't talk again until later on in the story when they're naming the baby. She goes through the entire pregnancy, the delivery. They come to circumcise him. And then God opens his mouth. Now listen to me very carefully. You affect the answers to your prayers with your own words. You affect God moving in your life with the unbelief that comes out of your mouth. And I've used this word before, and I want to use it again this morning. The angel shut his mouth so he would not abort the miracle. Now, I know that's a strong word. I know it's an offensive word, but that's exactly what's going on here. He shuts his mouth so he doesn't abort the miracle. I wonder how many miracles in my life I've aborted with my words. Then I'm mad at God because he doesn't come through. And I think he should come through in spite of my negative talk. 
The Bible says in Proverbs, what? Life and death is in the power of the tongue, and we don't believe it. We, well, that's not what that means. The Bible says you'll reap what you sow, but we don't believe it. Oh, that's not what that means. No, it is what it means. Here's the scary thing. What if God really means what he says? What if he really does? I believe he does. I know you believe he does too. So the angel shuts his mouth because he doesn't want him spewing unbelief on the miracle. Now, let let me keep reading. But behold, you'll be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place. Verse 21 says, And the people waited for Zechariah, and they marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived he'd seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. So it was as soon as the days of his service were completed, he departed to his own house. Now after these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months, and she said this, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among the people. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. That's the first sentence of the beginning of the story of the birth of Christ. Now, I find it interesting that she hid herself the first five months of her pregnancy. You remember me preaching several months ago about when God cut covenant with Abraham? And Abraham cut the animals and laid them out to cut a covenant. And then as the animals were laid out, of course, it drew drew buzzards. And they were physical buzzards. But the point of the buzzard was, you know, they wanted to come and steal the offering. And God told Abraham, you have to drive the buzzards away. And the buzzards represent unbelief. And you have to drive them away. Okay, I think it's interesting that she hid for five months so she didn't have to listen to other people's unbelief. So she didn't have to listen to the ladies in the village who were going to give her all the reasons why God wasn't going to answer her prayer and why this pregnancy wasn't going to work or it wasn't going to last. She didn't want to be around people who wanted to abort her miracle. Listen, every one of you have people in your life and they want to abort the miracle of God in your life with their mouth. See, you don't do it with your mouth, but then you run into somebody in the coffee shop and they're more than willing to do it with theirs. Amen? Oh, I don't, I, let me tell you why that isn't going to work. Let me tell you why you can't have that job. Hey, you're not educated enough for that. Let me tell you why that door's going to open. Let me tell you what I do. She stayed away from everybody for five months. Isn't that interesting? Now, I know you can't go hide out for five months, but just be aware there's people who want to shut down what God wants to do in your life, and, and, and if you're wise, you don't listen to them. So, all right, so let, let me keep reading. Then the story shifts. It says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, the same angel, by the way, that Zechariah saw, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was, just like Zechariah did. The angel said to her, Don't be afraid, just like he did to Zechariah. Mary, you found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. 
Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, this Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. For this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Now, here's what's interesting. Here's what I love about these two stories. They're both about miracles. Okay, Zachariah and Elizabeth couldn't have a baby. When she got pregnant, it was a miracle. We know that Mary wasn't married and was a virgin, and when she got pregnant, it was a miracle. The greatest miracle there ever was is the birth of Christ. Listen, the greatest story ever told is the, the birth, the life, the death, and the burial of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. Amen? Amen. So, the angel comes and does the very same thing. And she says, hey, how can this happen? Zechariah said the same thing. Now, 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 don't, now, don't miss this. Then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be unto me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I love that last phrase. What does she say? See, don't you love, the angel didn't say to her, hey, because you don't believe I'm going to have to shut your mouth. No, that didn't happen to her. You know Why? Because she said, be it unto me according to your word. Listen, listen, when you find a promise of God in the word of God, you just say, Lord, be it unto me according to your word. The pro I read this morning before we, and we had early morning prayer, and it says in Corinthians that the promises of God are yes and amen. Carol, when you find a promise in the word of God, it belongs to you, and you can have it. Lord, thank you for this promise. What did Mary say? Lord, thank you. Be it unto me according to your word. See, Zechariah didn't do that. He didn't believe. Now, they both got their miracle, but Zechariah couldn't talk. Now, let me continue to read. I'm going to jump down to Luke 1, 57 through 66. Now, Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered, and she brought forth a son. When her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. Oh, yeah, sure they did. Bunch of buzzards. Yeah, right? You know how when you get your miracle, then they show up at the beauty shop? We're so happy for you. We're so glad you're doing good. Then they leave out, well, it won't last. That's all I know, right? She hid herself from those people for five months. Then when the miracle came, they show up with presents, and they're all happy. They just want to peck your eyes out is what they want to do. And I'm not picking on them too much, amen? All right, now listen to it. Her neighbors and relatives showed up and said, oh, this is so good. Verse 59, so it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him by the name of his father, Zechariah. His mother answered and said, no, he'll be called John. But they said to her, there's no one among our relatives who's called by that name. So they made signs to the father that he would have, what would he call him? And he asked for a writing tablet. He hadn't talked in so long, he's carrying around a writing tablet. He's got a little piece of chalk and a chalkboard. You know, honey, what do you want for supper? Roast, right? I mean, it's been that long. I mean, she got pregnant, went nine months. I mean, this boy has not talked. I mean, I'm just going to do it to myself and not you. If God shut my mouth because of my unbelief, I wonder how long it'd be. My wife would hope for about five years. I mean, I wonder, you know, how long would it be before she finally said, man, I wish you could talk. Now, about eight years maybe, amen? 
All right, listen to this. So he made signs. He asked for a writing tablet, and he wrote, his name is John. And they marveled, and immediately his mouth was open, and his tongue was loosed, and he spoke, and he praised God. As soon as the miracle was done, God opened his mouth. Fear came on all who dwelt among them, and all these things were discussed throughout all the hills and country of Judea. And listen, when you get your miracle, everybody's going to talk about it, amen? And all those who heard them keep kept this in their heart, and they said, what kind of child would this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him, talking about John the Baptist. We're in a miracle season, amen? Amen, praise God. Y'all stand up and let me pray for you. <clears throat> Father God, thank you for your miracles. Thank you that we're not, we're, we're in the house of God, but I know this is a house of miracles. Father, would you give us grace and strength through this Christmas season? Would you help us be aware of our words, of my own words, of my own unbelief, of my own griping and complaining that I do and I'm even unaware of it? Father God, would you just strengthen and refresh us as we go from this place and over these next few days and weeks, we'd keep our eye on you, we'd keep our eye on the birth of Christ, and we would rejoice that you sent your son to save us. Father God, I'm thankful for all that you're doing in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hey, I love y'all. Y'all have a great rest of your weekend, and I'll see you next Sunday.